Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm going to be kind of wrapping up our Peaceful Power Practice series and discussing how we can put Ayurveda into your everyday life. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. Since I've finished my Peaceful Power Practices, I wanted to kind of give you guys a overall game plan about, okay, now that she's given us all of these things, what are some like tangible, hey, let's try to put this into our life. What works? Uh, what doesn't? What are some easy go-to methods? So I've broken up into routines because I think that's something that Ayurveda is pretty big on is their routines and um, it's called Dinacharya and just kind of getting into those habits. And so um, I have some evening and some morning habits that I think really help kind of solidify um, just our basic starting the day off strong and ending the day strong. And then as well as some nourishment habits, because I think a lot of it with Ayurveda is also um, how you're nourishing your body. So not just by um, your habits, but what you're putting in your body as well. So these are um, kind of my go-to morning habits and morning routines. Some of them I practice regularly, others uh, come and go depending on the season. So I'm just going to share them with you guys and take what you want with them. And again, you don't have to do all of these. Typically when you're introducing a new habit anyway, you want to do one at a time. So you don't want to think, hey, she just told me like 10 new habits and I want to incorporate them all next week. It's probably not going to go so well. So when you incorporate a habit, start with one. And start with maybe the easiest one where you're like, okay, that one sounded easy enough. Um, like for example, the sipping warm water with lemon when you start your day. That's probably going to be the easiest for most people because most of us are going to drink water when we get out of bed anyway. Um, so that might be a great one to start with. Some of these you might already be doing. And so you can easily say, okay, that one's already a habit. What else can I add to my list? So I'll start here. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is rising before dawn because I think this one is a huge, huge um, benefit for if we're getting up before or during the sunrise. Now, during the summer, during the fall, even um, springtime, it's a little bit easier. But when we start getting into the winter months, when if you live in a cold weather state, um, and even if it's not a cold weather state, I mean, in the mornings, in the wintertime, no matter kind of where you're at, it's a little bit cooler out. And the sun is not rising as early. And so getting up around 6am, which is ideal in Ayurvedic timing, it's hard. I mean, it's kind of difficult. So, um, and if you have to be up and getting ready for your routine at 6am, you might have to actually get up at 5am to make some of these other habits stick or happen. So that can also be a little bit more, Hey, let's throw one more thing onto your plate. So that one can be a tricky one. Um, and when I have people try to adjust their, anytime they're adjusting their evening routine or their morning when they're getting up, just start by taking it up by 15 minute increments. So don't jump from, hey, I'm getting up at 8 a.m. right now and I want to get up at 6 a.m. Well, don't make that two hour switch. Instead, just take it back by 15 minutes. So instead of getting up at eight, maybe you start your timer um, or your alarm clock at 7.45. You give yourself an extra 15 minutes. And then you could slowly, after that one feels comfortable and it's doable, take it back to 7.30. And then you can kind of slowly work your way back until you find that 6 a.m. Um, time spot. And even then, you know, some people still aren't going to be super into the 6 a.m. Uh, time or you're thinking, wow, that's too late. You know, you want to do 5 a.m. That's totally fine too. But trying to find that sweet spot, a lot of it is going to depend on your evening routine and what time you're going to bed. But I will talk about that um, in a second. So first I want to do morning routines. 
So as you can see, you'll quickly see a lot of these kind of line up with each other. So if your evening routines are off, it does throw your morning routines off because you're starting the day or you're ending the day kind of poorly, which means you're going to start the next day, probably not the strongest. So the next thing that we want to do is rinse. And when I say rinse, I'm talking about using a neti pot in the morning. Um, and this is great, especially in the fall and spring seasons as allergies are a little bit more rampant at this time of the year and it helps kind of clear the nostrils. And so if you've ever looked at a neti pot, ceramic is the, um, the make or the model I would like you guys to kind of look for rather than plastic because plastic, I'm not a big fan of using plastic period. So looking for that ceramic built neti pot is a little bit better and then making sure you're using distilled water. Um, and you just kind of, there's tons of videos on YouTube if you want to look up how to exactly do this. Cause I know I did the first few times I was a little nervous of, okay, I don't want it to go back into my, um, head and you know, all of that stuff. Cause then you read and on the internet and it just takes you on a path that you don't want to go down. So it's totally for the most part safe. You just have to get comfortable doing it and you're tipping your forehead down towards your, towards your sink. Cause you're going to do it over your sink. Cause you're going to be actually draining it from one nostril to the other. And then that really helps with any of those allergies. Cause it removes some of that, um, buildup that might be going up in the nose. Now with that neti pot, um, if it's really dry, so maybe your nose is always dry. Um, and maybe it's like the winter seasons and you just notice that, okay, it's, I don't need to do the neti pot cause it's just going to dry me out more Then you do nausea, which is taking oil and you do oil actually up the nose. And so that is also something that you can find different YouTube videos on. I actually have not done a full nausea practice, so I can't speak on how that feels. I have just taken a little bit of oil before and just dabbed it on the, um, in my nose just a little bit. So I have not um, gotten an eyedropper to do the full nausea practice. So I can't speak to how that feels um, or if you notice a difference, but I tend to be um, probably more dry or when allergy season, I do like to use the neti pot because I do get some allergies and I found that helps. I mean, I had horrible allergies one day and I did the neti pot for a couple days and it was completely gone. It wiped it away. So, um, if you're thinking, ah, should I do it or not? It's a great little try, um, at least to do it for a few days and see how it feels. So the next thing is to cleanse. Now with the cleanse, uh, this is talking about using a tongue scraper. So this would be something to do before you brush your teeth. Uh, it's a metal tongue scraper. You can also get this off Amazon and uh, you just basically stick your tongue out and then you kind of use that tongue scraper and you scrape it across your tongue. This removes any of the ama, which is toxic buildup from the overnight. So it can be anything that you didn't digest. So typically if you have a lot of that white gunk on your tongue, that means whatever you ate the night before, it wasn't fully digested. And um, you probably are still working through stuff when you're waking up in the morning. So you can kind of just note to yourself, hey, well, I had a lot of um, heavy foods the night before. So whether it be you ate meat, potato type of thing, and you ate maybe at eight o'clock at night and you just notice, wow, that had a lot of extra stuff on it. Where another night you have a light soup, maybe at five o'clock. And then you notice, wow, I don't really have any of that extra ama. That will be the difference that you'll start to notice when you start playing around with what time you're eating in the evening, as well as what you're eating. So just kind of paying attention to that because the tongue scraper really is a great clue onto what's going on there. So then you want to tongue scrape and then you can brush your teeth. So that way you can get off you know, if it does kick up, whatever, you know, your teeth are still going to be clean after, since you're going to brush them after the tongue scraper. 
So the next thing then is to kind of hydrate. So that's where that warm water with lemon. And the warm water can be either from the teapot, so you're warming up water on the stove, or it can just be room temperature water. And then just, um, I like to do probably, if I have a lemon, I'll cut it into fourths and I'll do a fourth of a lemon, squeeze the juice into it. Sometimes I'll do a little honey. That's really good if you have a sore throat, a little bit of honey in there. Um, sometimes I'll put a little bit of ginger in there as well and just sip on that. So that's a great way to start the day, especially uh, as the weather is going to be getting a little bit cooler, uh, having that warm water, you know, warmed up on the stove or just sitting out. You actually are not supposed to drink water that is really cold in Ayurveda. So no ice cold water. I usually never drink ice cold water actually anymore the way it is because it just doesn't digest well in the body and that burn that you sometimes feel in the throat that's actually not good for us. So I have stopped doing that and I just leave my Brita filter on our counter now and I actually have not, I mean, I've completely lost, I guess, the taste or that need to have that ice cold water. And um, I think once you kind of start doing it for a few weeks, you'll also kind of be like, oh, that wasn't really that hard of a switch. Um, if that's something that you're like, how am I supposed to drink this warm water? And it's not really that warm. It's you'll, your body will get used to it. So that would be my suggestion there. The next one is self-massage. So this one I will say I do not do very often in the morning just because I don't take a morning shower typically. I'm showering in the evenings or afternoons or gosh, whenever I can when my son, either my husband has to watch him because if you have young kids, you know, taking a shower in the first place is tough. So um, the self-massage I will do after my showers. Now with that, I do a dry brush as well. So I like to dry brush and then do um, a self-massage, meaning I just get some uh, oil. So I use Blue Moon Elise, my friend Rachel, she has an awesome store and they have blended oils. And so I don't have to worry about diluting it because um, it already comes diluted. So you just put a little bit on and then I'll just put it on my legs and give myself a little foot massage. And that's really all you have to do. And it's good to do in the mornings just because it kind of wakes up your um, lymphatic system and it just kind of wakes you up for your day. So that's kind of why they suggest it in the mornings. But again, do what works for you. If you're like, ah, I don't do morning showers, evenings are totally fine as well. And then the last part of a morning routine would be to do some yoga or some form of act activity of any kind, um, meaning, hey, let's do some squats, some push-ups, jumping on a mini trampoline, um, anything just to kind of get the body going. And this can be for five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, ideally 20 minutes, but it's really up to you what time you have. Now, if you are a morning workout person, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm just going to get my full workout on. And that is totally fine as well. So really fitting into your schedule what you can in the morning. And I like to do a little bit of yoga because that kind of just gives me a little bit of start to my day. And you'll notice sometimes when we get out of bed, we might be a little bit stiffer or sore from the workout the night before, you know, and just trying to just kind of wake our bodies up. And I find that yoga does a really good job of that um, personally for myself. So now that we talked through those morning routines, um, I'm going to flip it and talk about the evening routines. So the evening routines are key to set up those morning routines because if we don't go to bed by 10 p.m., uh, we are going to struggle with getting up early to do any of our morning routines. So kind of that first one are lights out by 10. So ideally you are in bed, maybe you're reading at 9 p.m. and you're just kind of chilling out and then you'll go to sleep at 9.30. If you struggle to fall asleep, maybe you'll you know settle in a little bit earlier and you know, if you do toss and turn, you might toss and turn for a bit before you um, finally fall asleep by 10. And that's kind of the goal. Now, if you are someone who needs eight hours and you're getting up, 
uh, a little bit earlier, then you have to adjust your bedtime. So sometimes I do know that I need to get to bed by nine on some nights and um, being okay with that, just knowing, okay, my, my evening routine is going to have to be bumped up a little bit. And if I'm doing work, I know I need to be shutting it down a little earlier or planning accordingly when I look at my to-do list for that day. So if you're one of those people too, just kind of adjusting your evening routine according to your bedtime. And I do like to give myself a bedtime um, just because it just keeps me honest. And then I know I'm going to feel a lot better if I'm making sure I'm going to bed at that time. Because if I miss my bedtime and I wake up at my normal time, which I have to because I have you know early morning clients... I will be cranky and really crabby the next day if I did not get enough sleep. So I don't want to feel like that. And so that's one of the reasons that that bedtime really helps me, you know, stay on track. Another one um, for an evening routine to look into, stopping work and screen time two hours before bed. Yes, that can be uh, quite the challenge. I personally cannot follow this at this time because I do need my um, couple hours to work you know, after my son goes to bed, like that's just, that is my only time to work. I'm recording this right now um, on Wednesday night and this will come up tomorrow. But I, if I didn't have these few hours, I wouldn't be able to get um, podcasts recorded, uh, workout programs written. So if you are a mom um, like myself, who is like, this is my work time, totally understand. And at this season of your life, you might also be like me and need to work all the way up until bedtime, um, just make sure it does not affect kind of you falling asleep. So if you notice you're still coming, going to bed a little bit wired and um, anxious, then maybe you should work on, you know, taking it down, maybe giving yourself half an hour to unwind. Um, I still like to give myself, I try to be in my bed around nine so I can be reading um, for maybe half an hour or so. And then I'm in bed by uh, 10. So just kind of figuring out what works best for you and your schedule. Next up is a warm bath. This is a great thing to start, um, especially in the fall and the winter months, is just hopping in the bathtub, putting a little bit of lavender, Epsom salt, um, whatever feels good. Honey, I think there's mustard seed, I want to say, the last time I got a massage. She had said mustard seed is another um, thing that is great to put into the bathtub. So something to relax you, and lavender is another great essential oil or any lavender bath salts, and just to kind of just unwind. Um, and that is great to do. And it just kind of shuts the body down and just tells it, okay, it's time to unwind. Then after you get out of the bath, this is another time that you can do the dry brush and oil. So if you didn't do it in the morning, now is the time to do it in the evening. And then finally, having that unwinding activity, such as reading a book or journaling. So something where you know, okay, work is done. Now let's make that transition into something light and easy for fun book, you know, maybe not a business book. If you're someone who owns a business, I try to keep it, you know, light and fun. And then just to kind of let my brain switch off. And so I'm easily um, heading into my evening routine. All right. So those were some evening routines. And um, now we're going to kind of transition into the nourishment. So these are different ways that we can incorporate some of the food and the, um, you know, how to stay on that Ayurveda nutrition. So early lighter dinners, you want to eat by 6 p.m. is the ideal. Again, this is not going to work for everyone, but trying to make it work for you and trying not to give yourself an excuse. Because I was one of those people who said, nope, can't do it. This is why. Uh, when really, 
I could. I just was being stubborn about it. So just know, okay, really, could you make it work? If so, how can you do it? I've talked about it in um, previous podcasts about early lighter dinners in particular on how to make it work, especially if you have a family. So if that's something of interest, go ahead and go back and listen to those. But I did give some strategies around making it work. The next one, stop eating two hours before bedtime. Um, and this is great for digestion. So this is that, you know, ties back into that morning practice of uh, scraping your tongue is making sure that you've stopped eating so that way your body has time to digest whatever your last meal was. Next up, notice if you wake up with ama on your tongue. That's part of the nourishment plan is, okay, what is causing, maybe if you're having digestion problems, just noticing, okay, what is it that could be causing some issues um, with my body? And once I've started paying attention to this, I've actually caught so many things that um, I would have never before. Like I'll wake up the next day and I'm like, yep, I ate too late. Or yep, this is, I don't usually have meats in the evening. And I can tell I had meat because I did not digest um, my dinner last night. Uh, even if I have a glass of wine or two, like I can tell the next day that nope, it did not, my body did not process it. And I have a little bit more ama um, on my tongue than I normally do. And so all of those things I would have never caught before. I just assumed this is just, this is it. Like this is just what everyone has. And this is, this is life. So sometimes we can't feel how good we can feel until we notice how bad we actually felt before. And that's something that it's so hard to teach or tell people because until you're like, wow, I really do feel so much better now, you know, taking or getting rid of X, Y, Z, you know, like for me, dairy, like taking some of dairy out really helps me feel better the next day. So I want you guys to kind of pay attention to that and just notice, okay, wow, I can really feel a lot better if I did you know, eat early lighter dinners. If I did avoid having a glass of wine every evening or whatever that would be. The next one is eat in season whenever possible. So this one, I have really stepped up my game on this past year and I pay attention to this. So instead of buying like tomatoes in the winter, I was just having this discussion with a friend and, um, they're, you know, they're really gross in Minnesota. Like they're not in season here and they're flowing in from who knows where and they're really hard and they just don't taste good. So both of us were like, yeah, I'm just going to not buy them because they, they're not good. You know, just if a recipe calls for them, how can we modify it? You know, what can we have instead of that? And so, um, one of the things that I like about the Ayurveda cookbooks is they do a really good job of breaking it into seasons. And so you don't have to kind of, I don't have to worry about trying to find tomatoes in winter because they're not going to put it in the cookbook. Um, and I want you guys to, you know, have this discussion either with someone in your family or just at the grocery store, just paying attention to what food, you know, what fruits and vegetables in particular are available at certain times of the year. Because if they are locally grown, you will start to notice, oh, you know, even at Whole Foods, they don't carry certain vegetables at certain times of the year in whatever area that you live in because they're not in season. And you'll notice maybe they have a smaller supply of them. So like potatoes, it's not exactly the like sweet potatoes in particular, it's not exactly the growing period for them right now. It almost is, but it's not yet. And so they'll have a, sh a little bit smaller supply of them at the grocery stores. So all of those little cues can help you have a little bit, um, you know, just a better relationship with your food. Uh, the other thing with food is eating more plants. So then, you know, turning around and saying, okay, I am going to eat more fruits and vegetables and stay away from those maybe middle aisles. Or how can I avoid, um, you know, always going to the frozen section and grabbing frozen meals. Uh, I actually just did that the other night because I didn't realize that I had picked out a crock pot meal um, for our evening meal. 
And I looked at the recipe and I was like, oh shoot, it's too late because we were going to eat in half an hour. And so I only had a frozen meal, which I usually never buy, but I was like, I just occasionally will have one in there. And it was so gross. <laughs> like I could not believe like how gross it tasted. And it was like a Chili's, it was one of the um, Amy's brand, but it was like a mac and cheese chili version. And it was blah. Like I would have preferred to have made it myself. And that was kind of my lesson learned is, you know what, next time just home make your own mac and cheese rather than relying on that because my taste buds have changed. I've trained them to taste the difference between like those homemade good meals and the frozen stuff. So getting to that point is an amazing thing um, once we kind of have paid attention to eating in season, eating more plants. Um, the next up, which I've chatted about earlier today, was the always drinking room temperature or warmer water. And then the final one with the nourishment is keeping caffeine and alcohol to a minimum to better access your higher power. So this was just chatted by um, Sahara Rose, who was a guest on the podcast earlier this year. Um, and she had just talked about this. And I've heard it before from the Ayurveda teachers that I've had is, you know, caffeine and alcohol really do limit that, block that. Um, and by accessing your higher power, I just mean, you know, trying to be aligned with you. So if you'll notice sometimes on coffee, you all of a sudden just don't feel like yourself or you're more chatty or you're just like, you went from zero to 100 in like 10 seconds after finishing your cup of coffee. So just paying attention to that because that means you're probably blocked off from reaching your full potential. Same thing with alcohol. You know, we, if you have drank before, you also know, well, that does affect you. And, um, you know, some people again are more chatty. Some people are more quiet or... <laughs> you know, just kind of off and doing their own thing. So just knowing how alcohol affects you and how that could be blocking you from your higher power. For me personally, like I don't um, abstain from either. Like I do have a morning cup of coffee. I try not to go over one anymore just because I know two really does affect me a lot more. And I've just started uh, noticing different coffees actually affect me worse. So the kind that I bought now, um, it's a kind that is sold at Whole Foods and that must not have as much caffeine as what the K-Cups had. So I was doing K-Cups and then I wanted to switch off from plastic. So I um, switched from K-Cups just back old to your regular, you know, coffee filter coffee. And that I've noticed is a lot less caffeine. And so I prefer that myself just because I know I'm drinking it because I enjoy the flavor. Now I'm also going to be trying to stop the coffee in the morning um, after I'm finishing up with my coffee bag anyway. So I am going to try to go back to just my normal tea. Like my son is pretty much sleeping through the night. Like I don't really think I'm going to need that caffeine anymore. Uh, I do like a cup of warm tea in the morning, but the tea has very minimal caffeine compared to what I was drinking with the coffee. And then as far as the alcohol, just noticing, you know, trying not to use it as a crutch. So sometimes I know a lot of times when we're like, oh, I'm so busy, I just need to unwind. And we go for that glass of wine. You know, how can we unwind a little bit differently? You know, so some of those suggestions I said before with like the dry brush or the warm bath, the reading and the journaling, you know, they might not sound as this is not as unwinding as a glass of wine. Um, you might be thinking, but really trying to get in that new habit. You know, it's really about trying to, okay, you know, am I really overusing this or is this really a luxury? So maybe it's one night a week and you have a glass of wine. That is totally fine. You know, keep up with that. You have to decide if it is hindering you or if it's helping you and how you feel about that. Um, in an upcoming podcast interview, we actually chatted about alcohol in particular with fitness goals and is it helping you reach them? So um, that's coming up in September. 
And so I haven't really chatted a lot about that. Um, and I do have my, like, I have my rules. I have three drinks or under is what I tell people. And so that's a week. So that's not a night. That's a week. You do three drinks or under. Um, if you're trying to lose weight, I always tell, um, the women I'm working with. And so that's something I try to stick to as well. It's just, it's a good tally. So that way you kind of know, okay, if it's Tuesday and you've already had three drinks, might need to slow it down or, you know, how are you using it in your life? So that's what I have for you guys today. Um, I tried to make them as practical and easy to put into your life. Some stuff that we, because sometimes when we think about Ayurveda, we can think of it as like more out there stuff when it's really not. It's just basic habits that, um, you know, it's been thousands of years that people have done before us. And so putting them and putting the ones that could best serve us into our lives and to help us make those better habits. And with those better habits comes better health, which is ultimately what Ayurveda is all about is trying to be your healthiest and happiest self. So I want everyone to go out there, try a new routine this upcoming week and go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power Podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.